What's up, everybody? It's your old friend, John Middlecoff. I'm here to tell you about our friends at Game Time. Here's what I need you to do. Go to your smartphone, download a little app called Game Time. Baseball season's in full swing. Oracle Park. Been there a million times. Never doesn't live up to the hype. Go get yourself some garlic fries, a brewski, maybe uh, some ice cream. They have very good Ghirardelli ice cream there. And when you do that, promo code HAM. So download the Game Time app. Your first pair of tickets, promo code HAM, H-A-M, save $20. The A's, only going to be in the Bay Area for the rest of this season. You probably can basically go for free. Just buy a pair of tickets to any baseball game. They also have comedy shows if you want to check one of those out, or concerts. Game Time app, promo code HAM, save yourself $20. We don't even need to thank you. Just hammer that promo code. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Middle call! Hey, behaves! What'd you think of, uh, we just watched the, we're recording this on a Tuesday, just watched the uh, Bumgarner press conference in Arizona. What'd you think of Bumgarner and the uh, Diamondbacks uh, uni? Fire on the Mountain is, is no moss, guy. Yeah, fi- <laughs> Fire on the Mountain was not created to be played indoors, but uh, they're no. going to play it. You, well, you think he's a lock to bring the song with him or maybe change it up? I think, it's, I think he's got to bring the song with him. See, I could see him changing it up. Like, uh, I'm trying to think of like an upbeat like Johnny Cash song or like a Merle Haggard song. I, I, you know, new place, new beginnings. The thing is, I always felt like he didn't pick the song, the song picked him. I you would know, agree. I, don't, I mean, it, I don't it's, it's, not, it's not an like, upgradable song for him. It's perfect, but I just wonder if I was him, I, I'd be thinking about maybe a new song. See, I, I, I don't know. I don't think I would because I don't see Bumgarner like, oh, spending an hour and a half going through his playlist. I think it's just here's the song. Really, no much thought to it. This is the song that I listen to when I get ready. Yeah, his walkout song is the equivalent of the Harbaugh outfit. Like, it's not. He's not going to put in that much thought. thought yeah, he's into like, it. Why, why would I change? That's the song. Okay, I, I don't think you would use, under, understand this conversation. Let's use this parallel. Did was it Mariano or Hoffman that came out to enter Sandman? Uh, Mariano, right? Mar- Mariano Rivera, yeah. I think did Hoffman come out to Metallica too. I think they did. They both come out to that song. <laughs> okay, let's just let's just use Mariano. If Mariano had left the Yankees and gone to the fucking Dodgers or whatever, let's say like you know oh, mid thirties. Sorry, Hoffman came out to Hell's Bells. Okay, let's see. They were both in the same like high school right. walkout uh, football team song. Hell's Bells. Now Hoffman did change teams. So you could probably we could probably look this up, but I think Mariano's probably better. Like how historic he was, the Yankees, similar to like the Giants. I mean, he's to me their most historic player of the three championships. Would it would it, the song have come with him, or would he have mixed up the song? Uh, it's a great question because batters do it all the time. I, yeah, I will say, don't you think it's a little different? Like a closer versus like Bumgarner's song doesn't it just play? It just kind of plays versus a closer. Yeah, the closer song is different. It's yeah, part of the point. show. Now I'll never forget you were there. I was we were both there when Bumgarner rode rode a freaking horse. 
Was that opening day? It was opening day because they were putting up the banner. And that song played. Or, like, was the band there playing it live? I don't even... It was a zoo. But. I think they brought the band to play it live. <laughs> I think they brought the band to play it live. Uh, I got... I don't know about you. I got MLB Network Marshall on the back. Marshall Tucker. Yeah, I he's He's... Uh, he's talking to these guys it's it's not it's not cool to me I, I it's not cool to me at all guy the uni's uh the uni's weird well y- you know you talked a little shit and said the Diamondbacks sucked and I just assumed you were right doing a little research because again I think most people just assume oh Diamondbacks they suck I saw a lot of like uh Nightingale wrote part of his contract was for preseason regular season and postseason tickets and everyone in the comments were like, what's he going to do? Go watch Dodger games? Like, go watch Yankee games? <laughs> they have averaged 87 wins the last three years. I will say, so I did a little research after you told me that because I was like, God, that's... I went back and looked. They were basically a 500 team until, until September last year when they started playing... Well, they did beat the... They did, I think, take two or three or three or four from the Dodgers at the end of August. But then they spent all of September playing the Padres, the Reds, the Mets, and... They were then, but if you're just around 500, you've always the one taught me this. Fucking, you're yeah. in the mix. No, I, I did not. You're right. I did not give them enough credit. That is absolutely a fact. I thought they were just like, oh, they're just the Giants of Arizona. No, I, team. I, yeah, they weren't that. That's for sure. And you know that just watching MLB Network last night. Not that I mean, a lot of times this doesn't you know amount to much. In their trades with Granke and with Paul Goldschmidt, they've acquired a couple sweet minor leaguers, like two top six or seven guys in all of baseball. Yes, that I knew. Now, that's the other thing is last year, Grinky was really good for them. So you're not just adding Bumgarner. They did subtract Grinky. Yeah, so if he just is Granke. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's, there's a chance he's pitching in the postseason. NL's that second wild card is going to be hard. but He's a two-time silver slugger. I couldn't imagine. I was thinking, like, do you think in his mind, he's like, there's just no way. I'm not going to the American League. Well, I mean, all the baseball analysts were saying, like, that's not even an option for him. He likes hitting too much. And now when you look at what he signed and look at the teams that he was interested in going to, like the Nationals, the Dodgers. I think the, he – you know, I would have liked him kind of. We would have looked good in St. Louis. I think he would have looked better in St. Louis than in Philly. Did they call him? I don't even know what the deal was. But I'm just saying, like, I think he would have fit there. I agree. He would have liked it. They would have liked him as long as he was good. Well, he's a, but he's just going to be good enough that you can't. No, be mad he'll at be him. he'll be solid. I I think he'll, I think he'll figure it out. I think he'll figure it out. As someone broke down on MLB Net last night, he's like, you can say all you want about like you know his pop fucking fly rate or whatever, but he's like, there's a reason that he doesn't like a lot of those balls get caught. It's like his arm angle is unique. It's an all-time, like there's only one other guy in baseball that does it like that, and it's Sale, and they're really much different pitchers. He's yeah. a unique he pitcher. Rely- you can't- well, as a guy gets older, you just, you'd like a guy that doesn't rely on velocity. Yeah. Maddox? Maddox? Remember the big unit when he came to the Giants was actually pretty Rich solid. Hill? Rich Hill? Not a bad one. <laughs> uh, Jamie Moyer, when I was in Philly, I think he Jamie threw like Moore. an 80-mile-an-hour fastball. Jamie Moyer, yeah. It kind of tailed off. Who was throwing the really slow? Oh, it was Jared. Remember Jared Weaver? It was like, ah, Jared's fastball is like an 83 now. Yeah, that was a problem. He's not he dated a, You know, he dated a girl from uh, from Davis, Long Beach State. They went together. Did they get married? Might have. I, have to go, I think they did, actually. I think they did. Guy, we went to, I mean, it was our grade. I forget his name, Mike something. He played soccer. He had an older sister. They went to Long Beach State, and then they met there. Oh. And then, 
Mike, I fucking forget his last name, but Scott. Mike Scott. No, no, no I wasn't making a joke. I was trying to think of of uh, who you're thinking of, but yeah, I don't know. Mikey something. Uh, not Mike Brown. No, not Mike. Who's coaching in Hawaii now? Yeah, I know, doing good things with the baseball team. Yeah. He DM'd me the other day because he's like, "Where's that Chris?" He saw a Chris Peterson video of like one of the Chris Peterson speeches. He's like, "Do you have the rest of that speech?" Where was that? YouTube. Uh, so what I posted that was the whole speech, but it was from like U Dub made their own video like a day in the life Chris Peterson like a few months ago during the season. Yeah, at the beginning of the year. Pretty sweet. Should I go back and YouTube it? Yeah, it's good. He, you know, he's boating into work at the beginning of it, drinking a coffee. Gonna write that down. When you watch it, you'll be like, "Oh, this guy's never leaving." That's what you think when you watch it. Boating into work with a coffee. Do you think Sark boated into work with a co- vodka? Jimmy Lake's been boating into work too. Oh yeah. <laughs> Where do they park? Just at like a local dock? The dock, I guess, out back by the stadium. Because that's, that's the boathouse. I don't know exactly, but I know the boathouse is right back there because they have a good <laughs> rowing so ba- team. That's so badass. I, dude, how far is the walk from the from the dock to the office? Not far? Well, the football stadium behind Husky Stadium, It's there's a little access road, and then there is like a little grassy kind of just, you know, like some trees and some ivy and shit going down into the water. Then there's a little road that goes down to the docks. So it's right. I mean, the stadium is right behind the water. Or the water right is behind the, the stadium. Is the football office and the right offices the are in the football stadium. Wow! So he can just walk. So it's not. Yeah, you don't. Work. You're not taking a bus. You don't take the 19. So he avoids traffic taking the boat. Why would yeah. you not boat in? I mean, what? He's going Why would there be another option? Exactly. Just you have to be able to. Li- you make sure you live in. You got a dock yeah. where you got to make enough money to have the boat on the other end. So you're saying like the GA probably not boating into work. <laughs> you, know, you know, it's probably the coordinator. And the coordinator's not usually buying, so uh, the, the head coach might be the lone guy. The head coach and the no, AD. Jimmy Lake did it, but Jimmy was making 1-1 last year. Yeah. Markel Fultz did it as well for his six months there. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Basketball From guys. the dorm. Uh, all right, John, let's tell the people before we get uh, moving. Good to have. This is uh, VPN protects your privacy and security online. It also takes your TV watching game to the next level. You can use VPN to unlock movies, shows that are only available in other countries. So you go get the ExpressVPN. You uh, go to expressvpn.com slash ham, and you get three extra months free of ExpressVPN. ExpressVPN.com slash ham. And, and like, like you said, in different countries, but it's not just things like Netflix. It works with any streaming service, Hulu, BBC iPlayer. You, you on that? YouTube. Lo- love myself some YouTube. Uh, there's hundreds of VPNs out there, guy, but the reason that you and I use ExpressVPN to watch shows because it's ridiculously fast, and I, I love high speed when, when I'm talking in my internet and my computer. There's never any buffering or lag. You can stream HD, no problem, big into HD, guy. ExpressVPN is also compatible with all your devices, phones, consoles, smart TVs, you name it, and more. So you can watch what you want to on the go, big yeah. screen, wherever you go, yeah. you name it. I've got it on two laptops, two iPads, and a phone. And uh, I know I'm always protected if I'm in a public Wi-Fi situation. Always protected traveling in a hotel. But I want I don't I want to watch what I want to watch. Access whatever I want to access. That's where ExpressVPN comes into play. Uh, and it is like I said, it's compatible with your phones, your media consoles. It's it's compatible with your smart TVs. So there's no reason not to. 
expressvpn.com slash ham extra three months free expressvpn.com slash ham so uh, show some support for the show watch what you want protect yourself expressvpn.com slash ham yeah get it for your friends for christmas love you guys (laughs) there you go get it for yourself and speaking of protecting yourself manscaped manscaped.com use the promo code ham 20 percent off free shipping number one in men's below the belt grooming as they say. Yeah, guy. I mean, I, I, I'm i a loyal user of the Lawnmower 2.0, manscaped.com, promo code HAM, 20% off. The, the Lawnmower 2.0, it's, you know, they say it's below the belt, you know, fill, uh, trimming the, the family jewels, and it, it's true. And it, no nicks and cuts, but sometimes people just need to trim everything. Someone asked me, like, if you were a competitive swimmer, would the hair slow you down? Of course they were. You would trim those bad boys off. If you just want to look good, like me, because... You look a little fatter when you're hairier. When you trim it off, you actually look a little skinnier. Mm-hmm. I go my whole body guy. Yeah. And naturally, I don't have any on my head. I can't grow much facial hair, so I just trim the whole body from the from the testes all the way to the neck, and I use my lawnmower 2.0, promo code AM, manscaped.com. The besties for your testes, manscaped.com, promo code AM, 20% off plus free shipping. Always the right tools for the job. All right. Um, hey, breaking news. The 49ers play Saturday. Saturday is the Niners-Rams yeah. game, John, Saturday night. And uh, the good news is, as we get into a must-win territory, although, as you were has telling me... Has been scheduled all year? I get eight asked, but... <laughs> as you were telling me, uh, must-win is a... It's not really must-win. You still control your own destiny if you lose this game in terms of the division. But if you want to be the one seed, and I think we'll get to Drew after watching the Saints on Monday Night Football, you want to be the one seed. Absolutely got to win on uh, Saturday night. And the good news is for the Niners... Richard Sherman practiced on Tuesday. He's back. Kawan Williams is out of the concussion protocol. He practiced on Tuesday, so he's back as well. Big deal. Terrell Owens, Jerry Rice coming back too, or just those guys? Kevon Barlow, Kevin Barlow. <laughs> Sorry, somebody hit me on Twitter about Kevin Barlow the other day. Remember a, a kind of an erect, straight-line running back who had a lot of hype? The, the Niners clearly – I was watching – Colin was talking to Peter King today, and he's like, you know, who's the better team, the Niners or Seattle? And I think he said what we've been saying all year. You just, I just need to know how healthy the Niners are. If they're healthy, they're the best team. And I think we pretty consistently see that written. Now, watching the Saints, we'll dive into them a little later, they lost like a couple D linemen for the year. Like, to me, there's a big difference of when you just lose a guy for the year. I know – it was talked about Quan Alexander might be able to come back for the playoff. Bro, he tore his peck. He ain't, I'm not counting on him at all. He's a gone for the year to me. But when you have these hamstring injuries and like D Ford, they almost kind of leave sometimes fake optimism. You know, I think D Ford's at the point now where I don't know if I'm really depending on him anymore. But Richard Sherman, who said last week, by like middle of the week, he's like, I'm running 19 miles an hour on the treadmill. I'm ready to go. I think they were just cautious with him. You could make the argument, having experienced D. Ford in the hamstring, again, different D. Ford, a lot more injury history. Richard, who's dealt with one major injury, I feel a little more confident when he says, I feel good, but it's also on the trainers and the doctors. Is it worth it with a hamstring injury to throw him out in this game, given the implications of next week and the importance of it? Like... You'd agree that if you're watching by the second quarter, he's fucking chasing Robert Woods and then pulls up, grabbing his hammy, that would be pretty devastating, would it not? 
where it was like, oh, we just lost him for a month. You'd be like, oh, my God. Yeah. I'm, and I don't well, pretend to be a doctor. I don't know. But it, a hamstring injury is one of those consistent injuries in all sports. It's hard to ever truly know when you're just past the point of, you know, you're good. One thing Kyle said uh, Tuesday, I think, was that he started um, feeling better by the time he was in the locker room. Last week. Yeah. So so you could argue that this week was precautionary keeping him out against the Falcons. I guess you right? could yeah, I don't I don't think he, he I don't he didn't say that, but you could argue that. I my thought on it John is like I do think you need to win this game cuz what I would say to you, what I would ask you is there a big difference between He called Quasi Tart day to day. Right. Uh Tart did not did Tart practice on Tuesday? No, wasn't so, was not going to. Um so my question is this, is there that big of a difference between winning the division and not if you're not the one seed? In other words, winning the division is the three seed. At the end of the day, if you've got to go to to New Orleans, now you're in the NFC Championship game, so I mean it does matter. But at the end of the day, I would go all in on trying to be the one seed if I'm this team. I do think, though, there is a big difference between being the three seed and a five or six seed because you're hosting a fucking playoff game, right? But, yeah, you're saying you can still be the three seed if you lose to the Rams, but you beat the Seahawks. Yeah, because if you're going to be the three seed, you're yeah, you're still playing on opening wildcard weekend, but you're not traveling anywhere. And I understand that if you're the fifth seed, that would assume that you would win this weekend, lose next weekend. That would be the only way to guarantee that, is that you're playing a team where you're going to be favored against. It's a little different if you lose this week, then lose next week, and all of a sudden you're the sixth seed because Minnesota's won a couple games, and they're the five seed, and you have to go on the road to Lambeau? <laughs> like, I, I understand that the Niners kicked the shit out of the Packers, but if I told you, like, it, there is a lot on the line over these next 12 days, guy. You can go from being the one seed, yeah, having a home field buy. Hell, you could go from being the two seed. Anything one or two seed is gravy. I, I can't complain about that at all. But I think the difference then between the three seed and the five or six is pretty dramatic because if somehow you are the five, or excuse me, the six, and that game is Lambeau, it feels like it'd be more likely to be Lambeau or even Seattle could get a little nuts quickly. There are just a lot of options. I mean, there are we, we basically know the five teams – and we've talked about it over and over, and then the NFC East champion. The only sleeper is the Rams, who have to win these next two games, and the Vikings would have to lose these next two games. But will, like if the Niners beat them, like the Rams, you're done. It's over, right? So we would know at the end of this week if the Rams. There's only one NFC team that's still holding on for hope, and I'd say their hope is still pretty extreme. But... You know, I, I don't think the Bears are just going to roll over Week 17. You, it's not. There's a big difference between the Packers are playing the Lions Week 17, who are just they're going to win that game with with Blau starting and playing the Bears. If you're Minnesota and lose this game, is what I'm saying. Yeah. Then I would say that if the Rams were to win, then they get a little bit longer of a week. I don't know who they do. They have Arizona Week 17. Like they would probably. Yeah, they play Arizona again. So it would be a little interesting, but the Niners can just end and L.A. and put themselves into a position that I think all anyone could have asked for. If I would have told you in fucking August, 
Week 17, Seattle, flex a Sunday night for the one seed. I'd be like, what? Wait, you're for the one seed? That means they're in the playoffs? Yeah, they yeah, they clinched week 15, so you're good there. Like, I, I don't think anyone could ask for much more. And I've texted with a lot of people that are like, you know, not trying to be greedy or whatever, or like, I, you know, it's one thing to be greedy, and I, obviously you want the one seed, but if you would have told every single 49er fan you're in the playoffs at the beginning of the season, if I would have told you the day of the, the Jimmy Garoppolo story at, at uh, I almost called it spring training, training camp when he threw five straight not picks pick sixes <laughs> like don't worry they, they are a uh, they'll have a y next to their name week 15 they're in you're like okay I, I i'm good if i would have said that they were the they had the best record in the league the majority of the season you'd be like are you serious best record past what like week three no like they were into december they were uh 11 and 2 you're like 11 and 2 <laughs> that's pretty nuts they were 11-2 and two going into the Falcons game. Yeah. When you take a step back, big picture, that's a pretty quick jump to prominence, guy. And they won that Saints game that, again, watching the Saints last night, I, I do think it's easier to comprehend how you could have, quote-unquote, a letdown game against the Falcons, also when you justify it with all the guys out. But now it's, you do need to rebound because... Yeah, you could be like, well, we're lucky to make the playoffs. Or you're like, fuck it, we're, this is our shot, right? Because we've seen it, we just saw it a couple years ago. Every single person, myself, yourself, 99% of Eagles fans were like, you know, we, we, got, this, we got this home field by, but Foles is starting, we're just, we'll be a one and done. It's been, it was cool though, we, we got to be a home playoff game. Then they won the fucking Super Bowl. So if you can get in and get a home field by, you got a shot. And I think it's also clear when they got their players on the field, they don't have just have a shot. Like they are they're as good as anybody when the players are on the, when they're fully healthy. And when I say fully healthy, I mean I'm not even counting the guys that have been lost for the season already. I'm just saying the guys that they still have available that can come back. Right. If Tar can come back, Sherman can come back, keep the receivers healthy, Kittle's on the field. They got a good shot. Yeah, I, I. Uh, it doesn't. And that, that they could also be one and done. Like it's just that's the margin, the details, guy. No, it's true. I, look, I'm just Eight saying. Inches. I don't question because I think you could say, well, given what you just said about an obvious letdown, the question is like, well, did they peak too early or was it a letdown? I, I think it's a combination of things. I think the injuries are the most relevant part of the whole thing, though. Like one way or the other, I've seen them at their best for multiple weeks. And I think if they're healthy, they're better than Seattle. And if they're healthy, they're good enough to be the one seed. Which and and that team's good enough to beat New Orleans at home. The question is if they're beat up and they're ended up in New and they end up in New Orleans somehow. On the, it's just that's that's where what they could be. Um, that's where what they could be comes to an end. So that's my point. Being you could argue your original point, which is would you just hold on to Sherman for another week? knowing we're in the playoffs, the key for us here is just to be as good as we can be once we're in because we've shown if we're healthy-ish, we can win in New Orleans. We just got to be healthy for that thing. You could argue that. Has there been a season in recent memory, and part of, the, I mean, a huge part of this is the Patriots being not what they've been, where you go, how many teams could I list before you said, yeah, I can't see them winning the Super Bowl? I mean, it's definitely more than five. How many teams? Wait, say that again. How many teams could win the Super Bowl? Oh, 
Yeah, I, I've kept it. At, I've gone Niners. We've gone back and forth on Seahawks, but Niners, Ravens, Chiefs, uh, Saints. Niners, Ravens, Chiefs, Saints, four. I've gone back and forth on putting the Seahawks in there. At the end the, of the day... The, the Patriots are going to have a home field bye, so, I mean, they're, they're, they only got to win two games to get to the Super Bowl. Yeah, I mean... It's not... We've seen crazier. I mean, it's... If Seattle ends up with a one seed... Yeah, they can't. I just don't. I don't watch them and think they're good enough for that, though. But if they had the one seed, you'd have to. You'd have to say they can do it. Um, I don't think they're a Super Bowl team, winning team this year. What about? I mean, you wouldn't say Houston. No, I would just say the three AFC teams. I I I really think there's every team that wins the uh, all five NFC teams not counting the Eagles or the Cowboys, could win the NFC. Now, the 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 Minnesota Vikings, like, Dalvin Cook's got to be playing. And I, I read something yesterday, uh, I think Zimmer or maybe Schefter wrote that you might not see him till the playoffs, but he'll be back. He hurt his shoulder on Sunday. Like that's I'm sorry, that's a pretty big loss. <laughs> so if he's their most important guy. But if he's playing and Thielen's healthy, Diggs is healthy, that defense, that's not just your typical, like, six-seed guy. I mean, we've... And we've seen six seeds before, just because on a given year your your conference can be really good. Do it. The, the Niners made the NFC Championship that year as a five seed. Would the, you the, put them Eli's ahead done of, it twice? Would you put them ahead of Seattle? Uh, well, I mean, we saw them play, and Seattle fucking kicked their ass in the second half on the Monday night a couple weeks ago. I was watching it when I was in Hawaii. So that's yeah. If the game was in Minnesota, I would like Minnesota. But if it's in Seattle again, I'm just going to take Seattle. That's where it's like. I'm telling you, I I would agree. I, I see something's off about Seattle, just in terms of like it's crazy how kind of limited their roster is given their success. Mm-hmm. But if they're at home, that they, they are they're a valiant foe, and and they prove it all the time. Well, it's just know? and at the their quarterback just might be better than whoever you're rolling out. Yeah, he's just odds are he is. So I I give you a home playoff game, and you got Russell Wilson. I I don't think John Schneider's going into there like. You know, this is going to be an uphill battle. <laughs> this is, no, we got the fucking magic man. He's a magic man. So yeah. as long as you got the magic man. Now, is it hard to see Kirk Cousins ho- hoisting, like, winning the NFC? Yeah. But I, I, I do think that team is really good. Like, they, they got a ton of excellent elite players. That's where the Niners, like, Sherman's one of their elite players. Even Tart this year is having a borderline like Pro Bowl level season. Like that's a big loss for in a conference that has a lot of tight ends and just all these teams. Look at look at the last just last night watching the Saints. Jared Cook, who was back from the concussion, but you don't you notice the Saints like they work the, the shit out of the middle of the field. Like that's their honey hole. The middle between like the hashes Musgrave. where they. Yeah, money. His honey hole was just throwing deep bombs, right? Or like between areas and coverage. I just think Drew Brees does a lot of his work because Michael Thomas is a physical over the middle receiver, and Jared Cook's an over the middle uh, tight end. Like that's just where they expose you. They don't. They're not really throwing like deep bombs down the sideline. They're just killing you over the. Like how many times is Michael Thomas going to run a crossing route? Where it's just catching it in stride for 15 yards. He well, does it like yeah. every other play. So 13 times a game, he's going to catch it. <laughs> yeah. He's a beast, man. So, I, I um, 
So what do we decide? You'd play Sherman this week or you wouldn't if it was up to you? Yeah, I mean, it's if he's – this is where, again, like we're not doctors putting myself in the GM or Kyle. If Richard says he's good and the trainer's like, yeah, he's good, he has no more likely to re-pull it, what are you going to say? No, that's not the way football works really, right? Yeah, I I don't it's, know hamstrings to work like that though. Right. I, I I just feel a little different about this given like what you said Kyle said. I, I don't think it was as bad of a hamstring injury as we see a lot of times. Because he was, again, running on the treadmill last week at 19. Like So they were pushing him pretty quickly. Yeah. I wonder if you said that game was the Super Bowl on Sunday, Rich Sherman's playing. Yeah. Or like but, I don't think I don't even think D Ford can. Like I think his hamstring is just pulled. I think there's a lot of things you could tell me Richard Sherman's hurt worth than if it was the Super Bowl he's playing. But I, I also think this is a big game. And if you're Richard Sherman, you're like, I work all fucking year and I've been playing well and I'm just not gonna play in this game that we need to try to get a home field by. I want a home field by as much as anyone. So I, I I'd expect him I think the right move is to play him if if he's playable. Unless they said, hey, it's a 50-50 chance. Something like that. Then you just, it's not worth the risk. But I, that doesn't feel at all what this is like, does it? it no, feels much I don't think so. It closer to health I, I, than it yes, is like yes. on the fence. Yes, especially, John, it's Tuesday and he's practicing, right? I think, I think a lot of times on the fence, teams, just the nature of the NFL, bring a guy back, and we see it a lot, especially with receivers. Like Thielen, they, they, they're like, oh, we'll just give him one more week. And then like, he's ready now. And then first drive, oh, Thielen pulled up. You're like, well... You know, it's, I would say even a receiver, a little different than corner. Like Richard can keep you in front of him. I guess you still have to open the gate and run if a guy runs a go route, but a lot of people aren't running go routes on him. Like Thielen, you have to just hit full speed as a wide receiver. There's no like, just kind of cruise control, you know? It's like you could play with a pulled hammy probably as a quarterback. I, maybe not if it's on your plant leg, but if it was like 60, 70% because you're not really running, it's hard at receiver. I mean, it's just, you're just running non-stop. And clearly game action is a lot different than than the uh than practice action. Right. And it's repeated. That's the other thing. It's stop, take a rest, go sit down, get back up, go sprint, all that shit. It's not like basketball, you're running back and forth, so you just stay warm. Yeah. Now, good thing is this game's, you know, on the West Coast. But Yeah. Still, what's it's, I saw it's supposed to rain Saturday. That's not ideal. No, I mean, it's been I, I don't know about you, it's been fucking freezing over here. It's cold this week. It is, it has been very cold in the Bay Area. Like, I, I saw my I saw my breath yesterday. I'm like, damn, it's this is a chilly day. So, I, I, I would play them, I just don't think they're in a position to mess around with games. In that way, um, and the other thing, I just want to know if he's if he's if he's healthy if he's not healthy enough that he is at risk of getting hurt this week. Then, to me, that's a bigger problem. Um, I just think you gotta you, you you don't have enough warm bodies. That's the other problem. So, I'd play him and just hope you can get through it. Well, it was a, it was a classic last night. I saw it on Twitter. Like, you know, five minutes left in the third quarter. If every starter on the Saints doesn't have a ball cap on here the next series, Sean Payton's out of his mind. And I just, I didn't even have the energy to tweet. I'm like, you realize, 
like Latavius Murray is the backup running back. There's not like three guys behind him in fucking pads. Like he's just, he has to play. Like, okay, Michael Thomas is out. They have four wide receivers dressed. It's like, there's a reason Drew Brees doesn't really come out of the game. These guys, it's a tried and true formula now we know. Like, yank them all out! This is not basketball. Or college football. There aren't even five new offensive linemen. It's not even possible. There are two guys in pads. So you're still going to have three starters there. And again, Latavius is the backup. They only play two guys. There's not a third player. (laughs) Like, I just... Your options are limited. Now, yeah, you could yank out a player or two like Lattimore out or Cameron Jordan out. You can't just go, entire unit, you're out. That's it's not the way. Now, that probably needs to be changed, right? Hopefully with the new CBA, maybe you could dress like five, six, seven more players. But given the constraints right now, I, I it never ceases to amaze me how people are freaking out. Like, why are they still in the game? It's like, well, it's just this is, have you it's not, not watched football for 50 years? <laughs> I know. Trust me, these coaches would rather be able to dress 60 They guys. can't They're wait for the game to, to end. No, the fuck. They, they would throw up the white flag right now. Uh, yeah, so Drew Brees, John. Did, did he get another laminated uh, certificate last night, Monday Night <laughs> I Football? Don't, I don't think so. That, to me, was still one of the great moments. <laughs> what did it say, all-time passing leader? Yeah, it was just like, oh, we got it. Did, did you guys get anything for Drew? No, 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 let's just make him a card and get it laminated. Okay, sweet. And we'll just let him have the football? Yeah, cool. Um, he sets a record every week. The guy is just so special. And watching the video that Reggie Bush took of him doing all his mental reps and visualizations and licking his hands and talking to nobody in an empty practice facility and rolling out and pump faking. And I mean, it's not great by accident, but, uh, I think like you, you've been saying this for a while that you just think drew just in general is, even though we all talk about him, like he's great. We, there's, we don't quite give him enough respect in terms of the conversation of the greatest ever, or at least up near that list. Um, but man, he's well. Doesn't it feel I, like he the terrifies team? me? I know that. Like when your team has to play him, he terrifies you. I think he terrifies you as much as Aaron Rodgers, and maybe it's just his team's been better the last couple of years. And I made this argument that, and I've been had this argument for a little while. He's in the tier of Steve Young, Brett Favre, Rodgers, it feels like, right? There's Brady, Joe, Marino, Elway, Peyton Manning. And then the kind of the next tier, and again, this is the tier of the elites of the elites. Like, this is like all, all these guys sit at the kind of the same table up in football heaven. But I think if you ask the casual fan, like, who's a better player? Favre, Breeze. The natural reaction for most people would just be Favre. Rodgers, Breeze. Rodgers. Mm-hmm. Even Steve Young, I think people would just say Steve Young. I think when you look at it, I don't know about all, that one. That that one would be okay, maybe a little more on the fence. But it's also I one thing going against Steve a little bit is it's been a while because the NFL Films tweeted out something like on his birthday over the summer, and you watch the clips, you're like, this guy was a fucking machine. I mean, this guy, this guy was Drew Brees with a little bit of Lamar Jackson. He just happened to be white and left-handed. He was pretty sweet. Yeah. The other problem for him is he just didn't have the longevity. He started late. His his you know, his numbers don't like if you yeah. go young versus Favre and start comparing numbers that are raw numbers, it's not even you don't even realize you're looking at players of near comparable ability. Well, exactly. You're right. He didn't start for as long. But 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 either way, the point remains is he feels like on the bottom. Where I think when it's all said and done and the dust settles, he holds all these records. 
he has been. You know the symbolic part about that thing Reggie Bush tweeted or Instagram that the Saints must have. The Saint, out, I right? saw it on the Saints account. Yeah. So it was like he Instagrammed it and they just ripped it. Maybe he just gave it to him. I don't know. He wears the a Saints sim- sweatshirt a lot. I think he's got a good thing going with them. Yeah, the symbolism of Drew doing that down in that part of the end zone with that massive picture of the team with him in the center, mm-hmm. like leading it, it's like, I don't think you can ask for more. We often say Tom Brady is like the best teammate in league history on top of being one of the best players. Could like What's the difference between Tom Brady and Drew Brees? Every single player that speaks about Drew Brees speaks about him the same way all these guys think about Tom Brady. I've never heard, I mean, not one negative thing about the guy. Like, you've heard negative things about Tom in the sense of, and these are good negatives. You know, he's just, even Gronk said it on the shop. You know, sometimes I tell Tom, like, you got to relax on these younger guys. They just don't know this shit as well as you. I heard Zach Streif, who I was telling you the other day, you know that he's the play-by-play guy, the former tackle. I would forgotten that until you reminded me. Play-by-play guy for the Saints. I actually heard one of his calls pretty good. But just the reverence in which every guy holds him. Like, every single one. And he, Colin had him on today. And one, he asked him, like, bro, you're stealing everyone's jobs. And he laughed. But he was saying that, he asked him, do you ever see Drew, like, really yell and get on guys? And he's like, you know, that's not really his style. It, it takes It takes a lot. You know, Drew is much, is there, it doesn't feel like there's, I mean, I, I think Tom's pretty genuine, but he's got a little Hollywood to him. I would say Drew's the most genuine guy in the league. <laughs> like what you see is what you get, as high of a level guy as the league's ever had, and just one of the truly remarkable players. Someone, I think it was Dante Stallworth or Ted Ginn or someone tweeted last night after just quoted a Saints tweet and was like, You'll never understand. I've witnessed this guy. There was a basketball hoop, I think, at the facility. And Drew goes there at night and just throws ball footballs into it just to, like, work on his touch. Like, I, all these guys talk about these stories of, like, I don't think you guys understand how this guy got here. Guy, he's short. He's slow. He's got an average arm. And when they signed him, he had a fucked up shoulder. Think about that. So, I think that is the thing that people struggle with when you make a uh... – I I agree he scares you as much as Rodgers, but it is in a different way. Because um, you can't sack him. He can't run away. Yeah, he does I, I think the fear with Rodgers is like, radius. you could do everything right, and Rodgers will just find a way to extend a play and kill you. Because Breeze think, is really the short Brady, right? Because he can't move. Yeah, I, I think the Breeze stuff, I think the thing that holds him back in terms of just perception I think there's this kind of, and I, I've, I think about it a lot too, is like, what is this? If he wasn't with Sean Payton, if he wasn't in this offense, like, I think there's a lot of that. And I don't even quite know how to feel about it other than I give the guy, like, he is, he's just great, capital G, no conditions. But I do think that's part of why that, I think it, the same way you look at, like, to a greater degree, air raid quarterbacks in college. I just think you could do that with football, though. Like, Brett Favre's three MVPs. He had Holmgren, Gruden, and Andy Reid as his three main offensive guys. No you doubt. Know, I mean, I, well, I think Montana Montana's had the king of that. Yeah, Montana would be the king of that. But wouldn't you say – I'd say Brady's right there, too. I know he's a defensive coach, but how many of the videos have you seen of them talking and him giving him tips? 
in the in Bill's office. Yeah, yeah. No, I think, but I think Montana. I think that would work against Montana a little if he had if he didn't have all the rings. But he's got the rings, so like the Montana thing, it's just you got that many rings as a quarterback, and you got Joe Cool, and now I mean Breeze has a ton of comebacks too. So, well, I think if Breeze Rodgers has more time because he's just younger. If Breeze can win another Super Bowl in these next couple of years, he would vault right up that list. Because the one thing he'd then immediately have over those three guys, which to me feel like the great one-win Super Bowl champs of all time, like would you agree Favre, Rodgers, and Young are just, you watch them, all-time great players, all won championships, won. But when you won that second one, and we talked about this with Manning, like, you know, it sucked that he won his last Super Bowl as a shell of himself. But if you watch his entire career, and I've actually been critical. Like, I always thought, like, when I watched him, he looked a little tight in some big games, but he's one of the great players I've ever watched. He deserved to be a multi-time champion. So it's like, no one will remember. You know, the second time, he could barely throw the ball 10 yards. You'll just think Peyton Manning, all-time great, the sheriff, top mm-hmm. five quarterback ever. Yeah. Drew Brees, I mean, if he gets that second, I, I think he would then be a bit above Favre and Rodgers. What do you think, what is the thing that holds it back? Well, his knock that I got from people on Twitter was like, well, and this is just the natural knock is going to be win-loss and miss playoffs. He had several seasons. Again, not his fault because the defense was historically poor. where They were going 7-9 and nine there for like three straight years. Missed the playoffs. See, I, I, that's, I think of his 15-year starters in New Orleans. Cra- that, yeah, that seems crazy to me that the people even bring that up. Well, I mean, well, the knock on like Rodgers makes the playoffs every year. Except these last two, but he never. I missed. just, yeah, I, I'm Steve su- Young. I'm Steve su- Young that surprises never me. That surprises yeah. me. But that's one of those like the new age analytical people defend Brees. Like fuck, well he's throwing thirty five to forty touchdowns. A I'm year just saying, I'm ball. surprised that that many people point to that just because he's played for so long. He's played for so long. Well, I know he went there after five years with the Chargers. Now, he didn't start there. It feels like he's been there the whole time. Like no, he had this pre career. He was I, Wally Pitt for Rivers. I'll just old. tell you, people can. Doesn't Rivers feel older than Breeze? Well, yeah, because he's just he. Everything is old. He talks older. He acts older. He move. His arm is older. He has more kids. But Breeze, like when you get him talking about just like he's kind of old too. You know? Yeah, got, but I just mean like yeah, he feels a little younger. He feels hipper for sure. The all shucks thing just feels older, right? If you're yeah, you're so, right. But I'd be curious, like. I my perception is that the perception of just Sean Payton's wide open offense is part of why Breeze is perceived that way. That's my perception. Maybe it's more about the wins and losses. Like people you think are it's a little air, air raidy. I think that's yeah. I I don't think people think of it quite in those directly those terms, but I think that's what's kind of back there. But isn't that what the NFL is today? Yeah, but I think when we think of the greatest quarterbacks, and it doesn't, I'm going to say this, and it does, we'll be able to shoot holes in it immediately. I think people like to think you put this guy on any team and any, you just put him on any field, and he's going to, with any team, and he's going to kill you. I think that's the way we talk about these guys. Yeah. Um, and and I, I think one of his defining characteristics is he'd go, you know, of the Favs, the Youngs, the Rodgers. One day, maybe like a Mahomes or Russell Wilson, like God didn't give me their talent. That's that to maybe me is that is the heart of it. Then that's the heart yeah. of that conversation is how remarkable his career really is. I just think, and this goes to how valuable to the me, that, video that, is. That, that, that defines him. I think 
Well, it's part of how valuable the Reggie video is, is you don't really get to see... We know it with Peyton, but you don't really get to see how somebody is mentally superior at that position because you don't really know what everyone's supposed to be doing. Right? Physical like you don't, physical yeah, yeah, superiority yeah. is easy to identify. That's why it's easier to in basketball to see shit, right? Because Drew's going to go down as one of the great players ever, and he's a below-average athlete. It's the, the, it's the one position where you can get by with just he couldn't play any other position on the football field. Well, what I'm saying is if he just had Roger's arm, would we just be more accepting that he's maybe the great, one of the greatest two or three or four quarterbacks of all time? Yeah, his arm was stronger. Yeah, I think we talk about him like a like a little Favre or something. And if he doesn't, yeah. so it's like, well, what's the what's the trick in the offense that allows? But him I to also be good? think part of like then his style would be different. No, for sure. But I'm just saying because his arm, I think part of it is like, well, what's the trick that they use to make him as good as the as other guys? Well, it, there, I, I, my counter would be the trick. It's just he's the most accurate quarterback in the history of the league. Right. But, so but, you can run any order, route. He's going to hit guys' hands. Yeah, but, be, but really the trick is his head, right? Because he can't be that accurate without better anticipation. Like well, the like, one-handed catch that Michael Thomas had, that ball was thrown so softly, John. How, how about this comparison? Michael Thomas popped it up and caught it with one hand. What did you tweet? He throws the most catchable one-handed ball yeah, in, league, just, it was in league history? It was wouldn't you say his comp in baseball would be Greg Maddox? That I don't think Greg Maddox, despite having one of the truly great careers ever. Now it's a little different because baseball, you're truly just kind of isoed. But like, I no one would ever say, well, he didn't have the stuff of like Pedro or Randy or you know just some of these guys. But he was so smart. Now he was really ta- he was so accurate. Like to me, that's him. Like, I, I think they're kind of similar. Not that big. Yeah, I, I don't think there's any question about that. I'm just saying, you know, I'm, tr- about I'm trying comp? to figure out why it's perceived that way. No, I think it's a good comp. Do you think Greg Maddox gets more credit than Drew Brees? Uh, yes. It's easier, too, if you just win as a pitcher, it's just clear, right? Because you can't factor in, like, well, was, he was giving up seven runs a game, but his team averaged 10. You know, it's like, it's just not possible to be viewed as a good pitcher that way. Like, you have to pitch well whether you throw hard or not. But I, I, I do think we just look at them like football different than baseball. Like as a pitcher, I don't know if we judge like how tall you are that much. Like Pedro was short, but he threw hard. In football, being really short at quarterback does make you stand out, right? Mm-hmm. Because uh, uh, probably on the like Garoppolo and Carr are on the small side, right? I think when you just think of like because an NFL quarterback, to most people, should look like Elway, Marino, Favre, Eli, Rivers, that type, body type. And that's what I think has been cool about the last decade plus. We got a lot more outliers coming in the league. And maybe that's the, you know, the late, the game's changed a lot. It's become much more open. Would it have been possible to be consistently that small back in the 70s and 80s? Or it, was there just such a stereotype where you never even got the shot? which I think definitely played into it, right? Yeah. I, I, I'm just – I'll tell you this. One thing that'll be uh, – one thing that Drew's got to do. So, right now, the all-time leading passers in terms of completion percentage in the NFL, Breeze at 67.6. So, he's going to be the touchdown leader and the completion percentage leader. You know who's second? Breeze is 67.6. Second place is 67. Active some, player. Some new age guy, yeah. Who is it? Cousins. Can't have that, John. Well, see, third is Chad Pennington. Fourth is Dak Prescott. 
See, like, I think you can go Chad Peddington while he had a shorter career. Like, he did hang his hat on accuracy, right? He didn't yeah. have a big arm. I do think you could live with it. Like, it, it's understandable. To me, the Cousins thing, and this is like NBA, I think, with a lot of these new stats, you're like, you're telling me James Harden's the greatest scorer ever? You're like, I fucking want, this is insane. You I'll, know, and that, it's, it, Kirk Cousins is way crazier than Harden. Like, that's, that's pretty wild. I'm going to read you the top 15. As I'll read it a little slowly. Just think if there's one guy that you think you don't, think should be on this top 15 but it'll be there the, i'd say the one thing for dak is like he's only been starting three and a half years yeah, how does it look still, after seven or eight exactly he's at 66 65 9 kurt warner's at fifth matt ryan sixth peyton manning and tony romo are tied for seventh 65.3 aaron Rodgers is ninth 64.7 russell wilson and philip rivers are tied for 10th 64.6 would you say rogers the only big arm quarterback in the top 10 uh yes um, Roethlisberger and Steve Young are tied for 12th, 64.3. Matt Schaub is tied for 14th at 64.2. And Tom Brady is tied at 15th at 63.8 with... Derek Carr. Correct. I could only reason I could guess that is because I can see you and I saw you <laughs> smile. LAUGHTER <laughs> So, yeah, I mean, what would you say this list is – could this list look kind of crazy in like 10 years? Yeah, it could be – and that's – yes, yeah. And and I, I heard somebody talking about the other day, like, is this – is the Heisman getting a little crazy where it's just like – it's just these quarterbacks are putting up these numbers that you're like, well, how could you not vote for the guy who's throwing for 48 touchdowns or whatever? Um, What's the Haberman theory on like – <laughs> if you're throwing for 75% yeah. after 12 or 13 games, we just need to do a little I'm either bigger. red flag in your competition or red flag in the offense. I'm well, it's, it's three things. I'm either red flag in the competition, red flag in the offense, or you're one of the greatest quarterbacks. Well, I got team. one for Derek Carr. Derek Carr's not an accurate quarterback. He actually is a hit or miss quarterback down the field. Where does his accuracy where's he getting a lot of these easy completions, right? On checkdowns. Do you feel like on an 18 yard out? Like that, Derek's very hit or miss on that. He gets ball sale on him. I bet if you really did a deep dive of his percentages past intermediate to deep and then just siphoned out the short stuff. Now, you'd argue that, yeah, everyone is more accurate on the short stuff. The difference is the truly great terms of accuracy. Like to me, Drew Brees is accurate on every pass, right? Matt, to me, Matt Ryan over his career has been pretty accurate on most. Like he has to be. Rivers. Throws a lot of picks, but he's an accurate passer when he's good. I don't view. I never view Derek. What's weird is the way people crush Derek. I always thought, like, yeah, he's a checkdown guy, but his strength is he's got this arm strength. He should push the ball down the field. Now he's hit or miss on those throws, and that's why Crabtree was so good on him because he could make these. Had a big catching radius, but I never yeah. viewed him as an accurate guy. We should get into Derek. Uh, but first, let's tell the people about Ease and oh, Ease yeah. Wellness. Promo code HAM. So it's Ease.com, promo code HAM. EaseWellness.com, promo code HAM. Love my friends at Ease.com. Uh, my girl, Ta- uh, Taylor, sent me a nice little note. Uh, she was very happy to be partners with us this year, guy. Oh. Ease.com, promo code right HAM. And we appreciate you guys, uh, everything you guys have done using Ease. Keep using them. Ease.com, promo code HAM, pre-rolls, vapes, you name it, they got it. Also, our friends at EaseWellness.com, CBD, best CBD in the biz, drop shipment, delivered to you. Pretty hard to beat, guy. I I, I don't think you can. EaseWellness, Ease.com, promo code HAM. 
Promo code HAM gets you 20 bucks off your first delivery. Uh, if you've already used the promo code, we appreciate you. Share it with somebody else. The the uh, some, uh, Put it this way. Somebody in your life needs the HAM promo code. Even if they don't know, they need the HAM promo code. Yep. Just just type in HAM. Everything you use. Promo code HAM. Ease.com. Promo code HAM. Uh, podcast also brought to you by SeatGeek. SeatGeek. The easiest ticketing website to use for whatever you need. Millions of live events and ticket prices with a price match guarantee. SeatGeek proves there's a better way. Guy, download the SeatGeek app, promo code HAM. Uh, access to games, concerts, comedy, you name it. Any event, anywhere you live, type in an arena, uh, a concert venue, you name it. And anything that hosts events. Type that in to SeatGeek. Again, download the SeatGeek app. We love the SeatGeek app. Promo code HAM, $10 off, and search away. I know, think about this, guy. We got Saturday night, we got Niners, Rams. We got the Warriors, you're getting cheap right now. So check them out whenever you want, Chase Center. Haberman's doing triple header or something at Staples Center on Saturday. You live in L.A., you want to go watch some college basketball, hit up Haberman. Multiple networks, multiple revenue streams, Haberman, Colin Games, Promo code HAM, Staples Center. What are the games? Uh, the LSU-USC games on Fox Sports 1 in, in the evening. I think it's going head to head Helton? Oh, you're talking basketball. Might be going head-to-head with the Niner game, John. Well, Might okay. Have to DVR well, that. Well, well, can I find you after? Uh, no, that's the second game. The first game is on Pac-12 Network, San Diego State, Utah. Well, I'll watch that instead of Bill's Patriots. Okay. <laughs> what time's that tip? Uh, that's a 3... 2.30? 3.30? Well, go to Staples Center, check it out, and then get home to watch the Niner game again. Or DVR the Niner game, you know? I mean, yeah. <laughs> I mean <laughs> d- uh, SeatGeek, download the app, promo code HAM. How every, do you need it? You can't. Every, every purchase fully guaranteed. Like I said, uh, I've got it on my phone. You've got it on your phone. Fastest. It's the easiest. It's really easy because it just gives you a big green dot. That means it's a good buy on the interactive seat map. Little red dot means don't buy it. It tells you, scale of 1 to 10. You feel like you get your ears to the streets. Over 50,000 five-star reviews in the App Store. 10 bucks off promo code HAM. SeatGeek is the way to have a great ticketing experience. You ever done a doubleheader? Yeah, done a few. TV doubleheaders? Yep. I've done, like, pack, I've done, uh, I used, I did one year the uh, Mountain West basketball tournament. Or no, the WAC basketball tournament. So that was like four games. Would you say basketball doubleheaders, especially in college, aren't as crazy as some sports given the pace and how they're over pretty quickly? Yeah, I'd rather do a basketball doubleheader than a baseball doubleheader. Yes. Because <laughs> a, ba- a college basketball doubleheader is the two games combined for probably, what, like three and a half hours? What's a college basketball game usually uh, last year? I mean, you know, you might, it two? might be a four-hour, 30 minutes in between. Yeah, maybe hour 40 to two. But it's just, uh, two. even two is kind of on the long end. Two different analysts action. calling the games with? Uh, yep. Who are you calling the games with? Don McClain for the first game and Casey Jacobson for the second game. Not a bad little tandem. Two UCLA of, guys? A lot of shooting. Oh, I guess Jacobson went to Stanford. A lot of shooting in that group of three people. McClain shoot? UCLA all-time leading scorer in the history of the Pac-12. Did he coach too? Uh, I don't think so. He's just an analyst? Yeah. LA guy? Yep. Jacobson an LA guy too? Yep. He does a lot of stuff on like Fox Sports. He does just, a lot uh, of Fox, yeah. He's actually yeah. going to be in the studio, he told me, Saturday morning on Fox, then he's coming to the arena. So you and him are just grinding. Grind out. Big time grind out day. I like it. 
I plan on doing nothing but watching football. Do you? Do you? I was thinking about this because we're going to do something in the FS1 broadcast, John. Is there another athlete that has a uh, statue on his college campus and at his pro arena like Shaq? Uh, Anybody out there? Michael. Who? Michael. Does he have a? Does he have a North Carolina statue? That's he might. I want. He definitely has a United Center statue. There'd probably be some college football players, I'd imagine, right? Well, how many NFL statues are there? That's what I'm trying to think. Nick Foles, Arizona, no. <laughs> uh, <laughs> how many statues are just places I've been? I don't know. You're right. That's pretty. It's pretty difficult to uh, attain that. Would Shaq's LSU statue, like they didn't win that much there. Now, he was really famous when he was there. Yeah, he was there for three years. Yeah, underrated. What was his coach's name? Um, Some Brown, Don Gary Brown. Or no, it was like da- was it Dale Brown? D- Dale Brown. I didn't. Bobby Knight have a famous quote like, "How are you going to stop Shaq?" He's like, "Don't worry, Dale Brown's coaching for him or something like that." <laughs> like a, just a direct shot. Like, yeah, it doesn't matter. <laughs> you know, I was like, Jesus. The co- the underrated part about college basketball. Their coaches used to be insane, man. Like, think SEC football coaches now, but like crazier, it feels like. Just saying wild shit, nut jobs, like Bayheim in his prime, John Tom, like getting in fights after Calipari, dude from Temple. Their personalities in college basketball, it felt like really shined when we were growing up. Like at any moment, they could just the two old guys could just start swinging on each other. Right. It was wild. I don't think quite has that anymore. I think because I love college I think basketball. It's, I up. think college basketball coaches sneaky still have the anger. They just aren't as vocal about. They just aren't as public about it anymore. Yeah, I think there's so much recruiting stuff that goes down that guys. There are just guys that guys hate. Would you say they're an underrated bunch for being sneaky, kind of negative relative to football coaches? Or just yeah. a, is it a human to human? Like every guy's different. Or do you think college basketball coaches are a sneaky, pretty negative bunch? Um. Because well, by the time you talk to football coaches on a week, their mindset think, is being pretty positive, right? I also think fo- the thing that makes college football so easy to be angry in is you just know once you lose twice, your season's over. You're like now, it's like you lose two or three times. Three times, you can't even win your league. College basketball, like you can lose some games. and You know what I mean? Like you can win your – you can always just win your conference tournament and get into the NCAAs. Well, I'm thinking a lot of schools – like once you lose three or four games, if you're not like a made man there, people are talking about your job, right? And I'm not just talking like the Clay Heltons of the world. I'm just saying a lot of schools, when you don't compete to win the conference, it's just immediately like, is this guy the right guy for the job? Right. When you don't have like a legit long resume. Like not Chris Peterson this year, lost a couple games, no one was talking like that. But like Mario, you know? He actually avoided it for a long time because he won, what, like eight or nine straight, and they didn't lose that second to the last game till late. But to me, it'll be it. like if they're not – if the next two years Oregon's not in the Pac-12 title game, it'll get – it'll start, people will start talking. Well, I'll, I'll give you one for him because they're going to have a ton of – like they're going to be a preseason, what, top 10 team? Right? Uh, Yeah, I mean, they got a new quarterback. But, yeah, they should – yes. They but should they're going to have their recruiting so well, and they're going to have yeah. a ton of players. Who's that first game against, Ohio State? Uh, no, that's week two. So let's say they play Ohio State and get their ass kicked. People are going to be like, all right, can this guy win a big game? 
<laughs> That's right. the conversation. Yeah, depending on what well, depending on what happens in the Rose Bowl. Yeah, if they were to lose the Rose Bowl to Wisconsin, especially. Wait, who's the what's the Rose Bowl? Wisconsin, Oregon. Where's Utah? Oh, they Utah, lost. Oh, they're yeah. in the Alamo Bowl. Who are they playing? Texas, like six and six or seven and five Texas. That's actually the Alamo Bowl though has historically been a pretty fun bowl. Yeah. Isn't that the game that TCU came back on Oregon a couple years ago? Uh, I think it is, yeah. I, I, I'm a sucker for the Alamo Bowl because usually it feels like on like a Thursday night, it's kind of a standalone game and it's dark. I I, I don't know. Some, I mean, I, it's Texas-Utah, so that tells yeah, something you. Something about the Alamo Bowl, it feels like they get pretty good matchups. I'm in. I like the Alamo Bowl. Now, there are other bowls that I see. I'm like, oh, can we, are we really doing this? And then I end up watching a, just a shitload of them. So it doesn't, I, 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 I talk a big game and then I consume them. Uh, all right, John. Let's uh, let's read from Michael How, really quick. Michigan, Alabama. That's one I'm going to keep an eye on. That is a good one. Like, could Jim get could his ass kicked? Could, could. You know, they, now they're the ones that open at Washington next year. You think Jim gets his ass kicked in that game? Yes. His only hope, right, is they just completely mail it in. The players, not Nick, but like those, like we don't even we don't even care. Which doesn't really feel like they will. I don't think you need a complete mail-in because they do have their backup quarterback. You just but need... they could have like, what if all the four receivers back out? Yeah, I just, I'm just saying you don't need a complete mail-in. If they just have their 85% and your guys are ready to roll, then they can win the game. I think Michigan's best can beat Alabama's 85%. What would be bad for Jim if like his Ruggs guys don't... and Judy and all those guys and, and the Antioch kid, Najee Harris, are like, listen, we're not playing the bowl game. We're going pro. So Saban's like playing with a bunch of random guys and still beats them by like 20. That would be a bad, like, it would, well, honestly, this would be a nice little moment for Jim to like fucking have a moment. It would be. I just, uh, I, I don't, don't I don't have a lot either. of faith, even though I'm, I'll be rooting for him when that game kicks off. Ah, uh, see, I don't know. Really? I just think it's better for, like, I don't, I don't want this ball to keep rolling to the point that Jim gets run out of Michigan. I, I want him to have enough that there's like, there's I just get reason. nervous when Saban loses games. He might go like, how do I even motivate these kids anymore? He might quit, and I just want him involved in my life. Nick Saban, the guy you watch on HBO, what's he going to do? Uh, well, uh, he might go to his car dealerships where he's clearly getting on guys because it's like, like the one guy was like, Nick, I sold 10 cars. What do you want me to try to sell 20? He's like, he's making fun about guys going home right. to eat Tostitos and beer. Even Belichick was like, God, you're kind of a dick. I, you? Totally. <laughs> you see Bill's like, face? Like, man chill. Wait, this, you're crushing this guy? He just sold you 10 cars? <laughs> you know? Bill, to me, Bill can't relate to Nick on that. Like, wait, you have this other business that you kind of fuck with? Well, like, he, fo- I know. Well, Bill's probably thinking, like, you want this guy to be great as if you get, he doesn't get a trophy and stand up in front of millions of people when he sells 15 cars in a month. Yeah, like, like you if get his quota to get hit the bonus is 10 and he hits it, like, that's, that's business, Nick. You think this guy should aspire to get, like, 28 cars? For the recognition or just yeah. to climb the mountain? Because what are you going to do? Give him a fist pound? <laughs> All right. The, the, uh, in, the, uh, in the athletic, Michael Lombardi, uh, your colleague, John, this is what he wrote about the Raiders. My belief is that Derek Carr will move to Vegas and his next door neighbor will draft a quarterback this year, maybe even early in the draft. He will hold on to Carr and use him as an asset to perhaps facilitate a trade. Carr has three more years left on his current deal, totaling $59 million, reasonably cheap in the current quarterback market. His contract, along with his arm and his playing experience, will prove to be a valuable asset this offseason. Isn't it kind of nuts they're going to be neighbors? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's one thing to like live in the same community. It's another thing to be next to a guy's fucking home. Because... 
this feels inevitable. It's about to get really weird. Whether they trade him, whether they cut him, or whether they do this draft Justin Herbert and have Derek for a year. That would by far be the weirdest given that, like, it's just going to be weird. Now, he also wrote that there was, like, the word he used, like, this disconnect. But then he said he didn't give, like, a specific example. His example was strictly that Gruden wants this kind of crazy asshole like Rich Gannon. And which people in the league will tell you, Gruden's entire career is Rich Gannon. Like, it's like, who else has he cultivated or made from nothing? He doesn't have a lot of, like, you know, he's got he's got the Jimmy Garoppolo and he's got Jacoby Brissett, you know, the equivalent throughout his career. They, right, he's got the, work. I think the thing you get a lot is, like, was on the staff in Green Bay, right? Yeah, that's one thing he hangs his hat on, like Favre. But, like, Andy gets credit for Favre, but you, when people are like, what, who has Andy worked with? No one brings up Favre. They just bring up everything he's done since, like four different players. So, where I go, yeah, it'd be cool to see Justin Herbert be with Gruden, but would that be smart if you're Justin Herbert? I also think, and we've been talking about this just kind of all season long, Gruden's going to get to the position of, he does have the capital to move up really high because he has two picks in the teens. That if a team like, because I was looking at it, someone tweeted at me the other day thinking like, do you think that the New York Giants could get Chase Young? And I said, well, if they have the first or second pick, they're 99% not going to take a quarterback. Wouldn't they be a team likely to go from like two to maybe take two first round picks to just move back? Like, wouldn't that be a team that just needs a lot of help? Mm-hmm. And wouldn't Gruden be one of those interested teams of getting in his own guy? Because I don't fully blame Derek for all these losses or whatever, and I think it's somewhat unfair when you call him like 10 and 20 under Gruden. Like, the defense has been really bad. But I think it's also fair to be like, Derek does leave a lot to be desired. If I was a GM, would I feel like I have a winning team if Derek Carr's my starting quarterback? In 2020. Because it was just three or four years ago we felt like that. Safe to say a lot's changed since. Yeah, and I don't. I mean, I think any position he'd be in, what winning team would be in the market? Chicago, maybe. Um, I think any place he would end up would be a GM that's questioning whether or not he has a winning team or trying to get a winning team and trying to find the right combination. I Tampa Bay, like, what if they let Jameis walk? I doubt they do. I but mean, I'm just do you saying, do like, that? I, like, if you're them, are you trading questions for for? Qu- I'd rather ha- I'd rather have Jameis than, at this point. Well, do you, you think Gruden would rather have Jameis? Yeah, I mean, James, yeah, I mean, Jameis' stats. I mean, Jameis is a much just better player than Derek. But I would also say Gruden would rather have Jameis if it was the Jameis that Bruce Arian coaches, right? Like, in other words, if Derek was playing for Bruce Arians and Jameis was playing for the Raiders, which would it? Could the shoe be on the other foot? I do think Gruden, if he does cut or trade Derek, and Derek goes to Nagy, Derek goes to an Arians, again, his options would be really, really limited. But wherever he goes, if he were to play well, that would be a bad look for John. Would it not? Yep. yep. Because It'd be who, would have thought, who would have thought three years ago that Khalil Mack, Amari Cooper, and Derek Carr, none of them make to Vegas? I still feel like Derek has a decent chance, but it's definitely closer to 50-50 than it was... Six months ago, yeah, right? you would have you would have said three years ago. It's because the team doesn't go to Vegas, not because yeah. all three of them are off the team by the time the team does go to Vegas, or it takes seven years to get to Vegas. If I said pull out five hundred dollars right now, put it in two spots: Derek's the opening day starter in Vegas, 
Derek is not the opening day starter in Vegas. Which where would you put your five hundred dollars? Hmm, I thought you were gonna ask me something else. Uh Technically, if he's not the opening day starter, he could still be "quote unquote" the backup. You oh, well, know? see, I, part of me feels like he's going. Uh, I would put it on not the opening day starter in Vegas. I would too. I wouldn't feel great about that, and I'm but, not. But even honestly, sure where the more go. I think, of, yeah, I mean, I don't think we're in a scenario where he's getting cut. I don't think that's happening. Is he that tradable of a player? Um, I. Th- I, you know, I think there's enough play. Now, part of this is what's the value you're getting back. You're not getting a second rounder. Well, wouldn't you rather trade him for a fifth rounder than just cut him? Absolutely. But I also think you just, you've got to be pretty confident that whatever you've got is good before you get rid of a quarterback. Unless you just go, you know what, we can't have these guys in the same room, blah, blah, blah. If you're Chicago, would you give the Raiders back their third round pick for Derek? Is it worth risking that? Or would you just keep rolling with Mitch? You see Mitch kind of call that Nagy the other day. What did he say? He's like, you know, I thought our offensive lineman did a good job. I, I think we should have uh, – we could have moved the pocket a little more throughout the game. I mean, it wasn't one of those, like, full-on Odell Beckham-type call-outs. Or he's a bad example, but just a player that, like, legitimately said the coach is an idiot-type quote. But it was one of those, like, Mitch, just – Keep your thoughts to yourself, buddy. You know, I mean, you you're think- not one. And I honestly, I don't even think he meant, you know, it's one of those where he was just talking, but I just, yeah. I also just wonder the league's thought on Derek is dramatically different than it was a couple of years ago. Like the, and this is just the more you play, the more you can get exposed as a quarterback or just like any, a, a backup in the NBA, a, a reliever becomes a starter the more exposure you have, I saw a number the other day. He has like 92 career start. Like he has a lot of game tape, right? Mm-hmm. This is a lot of film, and I I could just pull the film from these last two years. Like how's he look now? And I, I don't even break down wins, loss. Just just watch him play. His 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 character in the pocket. When I say care, I just mean like, is he going to stay there? Is he not? Is he going to push the ball down the field? Is he hitting open guys? What are his mistakes? I'm talking about doing like a deep dive on him, and I don't think it would look that great do relative you, to like taking back a number because we always get to this with trades. It's very rare in the NFL that people trade for, and I get he's a quarterback, and I get the number still relatively cheap, but twenty million dollars is twenty fucking million dollars on your cap. Yeah, I don't think you end up. You might think, have to cut him. Well, I'm to me. Do you end up with a third? My, what my question is a third round pick. If he gets traded, what do you think it would be for? Or would it be a fourth? So if you're trading and that means the contract gets traded, yeah, maybe we're talking like a fifth or a sixth. Would they not want to do that, though? Why does, I mean, Gruden doesn't care. I, I What I keep going back to is I, I it's just quarterbacks who get cut are bad. Like, to get cut as a quarterback – like bad quarterbacks or quarterbacks that get cut. He's not a bad quarterback. Yeah, I mean Sam Bradford was traded. You're right. He he'd get traded. You'd think that that is. Uh, well, I, yeah, that is fair. I, that I think comment you got, is not you got, just about, you got to put quarterbacks in their own market, right? They're they're, they're a separate microeconomic climate. <laughs> <laughs> they're they're not. They don't really relate to other players, right? Uh, and I but I also think it's not just about trade value. It's just about 
at what point do you, what, how good does the other guy have to be or how bad does he have to be in your locker room that you say, we just, we're just moving on from a quarterback. Now, if you draft a guy in the first round. Okay. Let's use the Bradford, let's use the Bradford analogy. Yeah. That they kept Bradford. I think they signed him that year. Oh no, they had already traded for him and they had him. Chip gets booted. They tell Bradford he's going to roll it back, be the starter. And then they realized during that draft process, they went all in for Wentz. But then remember during training camp, Wentz was not going to start. Bradford was going to be the starter. Mm-hmm. And then I guess it's a unique circumstance, right? They got an offer they couldn't really. He got a first-round pick. So how do you turn that down? Especially after you had traded up for Wentz so you were going to be without picks. Like that was just the value. I do believe when they said that, like, that wasn't the plan. We didn't know who was their quarterback. Oh, yeah, Teddy. Remember his leg fell off. <laughs> And like they didn't know that was going to happen, that, right, they, right? So things do change. You know, injuries happen. So you, you're right. If you're going, if you don't sign like a Cam or a Brady or a Rivers, which I do think they would immediately sign over any of those guys, right? Over Derek would be fucked. If they can get their hands on one of the, some of these veteran guys, Derek's done. From Cam, obviously Tom. I think Philip. You said is Teddy good enough to do that with? Uh, no. Okay. Yeah. I'm using those three guys in their own little category. Yep. Tom, yeah, we're going Phillip, to Vegas. Cam. Let's overpay yeah. for Philip Rivers to put him on a billboard. Cam Newton. Cam, yeah. Cam Newton. Yeah. Those Derek would be fucked. If they do the Wentz-Bradford thing, I think it's pretty easy to justify, even if you trade, let's say, you package your two picks, you get back, like, you get pick four, and they give you their second round. However it works out, you could be like, well, Derek's a good guy. This is the NFL. Suck it up. And then if someone comes calling, maybe you do it after that, but you could easily justify, we'll just have Herbert, learn behind him, learn how to work, and then we'll just go from there next year. But that would be a terrible, like Derek would be, the clock would be ticking, right? Yeah, but but, but I think the counter would be but like, But it what? happened to Alex, who's yeah. playing much better with Mahomes. Welcome to the fucking here's NFL. The, well, and here's the thing, John, you can't really, if you're being given the opportunity to play, you can't tank it because you're mad because you're just auditioning for somebody else. So, well, isn't Alex the best example of he he had his best season of his career, the year they took Mahomes? Yeah. So I I, I think you would look at what happened to Alex. Remember he, the the Redskins traded and gave him fifty million dollars. You're right. Like you wouldn't you wouldn't tank. Now will the will the will the Twitter mob attack? You know, given his family, that's it's like we, you guys got to be mature about this. You're gonna fucking start costing your brother money. Because we've seen the bar. The bar was set. Alex Smith, who had made the playoffs three of four years, guy, was playing pretty well. Now, he always left a little something to be desired, but still, like, he he was winning, playing well. They draft Mahomes. He that not only opens his arms to Mahomes, he has the best statistical year of his career. And they ship him out. And you realize, well, no And shit. everyone was like, yep. <laughs> yeah, yep, see ya. Like, do you think Derek would handle it as well as Alex? Well, I don't think anybody. I think Alex is Alex is Alex is the gold. Alex is not the bar. Alex is the gold standard. Yeah, I, Derek would not be far. But I think he'd be somewhere in the middle. He'd just look at it as a competition. Where Which Alex is fine. I don't need it. you to be like I don't need you to be Alex. You don't need to be BFFs with Justin Herbert or Tua. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the other thing. What if you draft Tua and Tua's not ready to play? That's why you keep Derek, right? That's a good one. Or you could just sign Cam and draft Tua still. 
I feel yeah. like there's a decent chance they're going to try to go after one of these veteran guys. We just look at Gruden. Why? Why wouldn't he Absolutely. want a Cam, a I mean, Phillip, or a Brady? I, would you agree? Them. The moment they sign one of those guys, Derek would be done. Yes. Would you don't then, sign, if I that told guy you they got Philip Rivers, if that I told guy you doesn't Phillip, sign to compete with anybody. If I told you they signed Philip Rivers to take to Vegas, it's believable they cut Derek. Then, now, right? yeah, 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 yeah. To me, the not the, the cut. I, I you don't get cut when there's you would any like level to trade of competition him, it, yeah. for a drafted player. I don't think you get cut for a drafted player. We'll look at Eli Dalton. It happens all the time, right? But those guys, that's you're right. That's an exception. I mean, if they can draft Danny Dimes and bench Eli, they sure as hell can bench Derek. <laughs> think about it like that. I, I think we think a little like, why are we treating this with kids' gloves? It happens all around the league to a lot more accomplished players. Right. Fucking happened to Brady four years ago. They drafted Jimmy Garoppolo in the second round. They've drafted one quarterback under Derek, and it was the guy his entire f- team hated in Connor Cook. And it turns out he stunk. The entire team hated him. Even Draymond, I'll, I never forget, during the NFL draft, every guy that gets drafted from Michigan State, it's, they've fallen pretty far because I don't think they have good players anymore. Back when Michigan State was playing well and they had like six or seven players drafted, every guy, Draymond would be like, at so-and-so, hell yeah, at so-and-so, MSU for life. Connor Cook gets drafted, crickets. <laughs> like, remember hey, we interviewed, who was his teammate? Remember we interviewed uh, one of his teammates? Sha- Shaq Calhoun. He's like, oh, yeah, he's a, he's a good dude, man. <laughs> you could tell that guy wasn't any good either, but you could tell he didn't really like him. Yeah, so, again, I, I, my guess would be they go, I would be hard-pressed to see Tom Brady playing in Vegas. But I could see Cam Newton or Rivers. Especially, I could see Cam. You know, just a little juice. Gruden just seeing some high-end talent. A little younger in Rivers. Mm-hmm. But to me, it's one of those two guys. I actually think Gruden probably loves Rivers, right? Like maybe Rivers makes more sense. Feels like those two would be like two peas in a pod. Are the Chargers going to let him go like yes. ten miles away? Well, I just think they're just not going to resign. It's just yeah. time to move on. Uh, let's move on to headlines. Could they sign Derek? Who Chargers? Yeah, yeah. Actually, he's had some good games in his career against them. Makes right? some sense. It's not like the one thing, good thing, if you're Derek, it's one of those, if you do are relieved of your duties, you're going to have options. Like, you're going to get a job pretty quickly. I actually think he would be, it'd be one of those, like, three teams want to fly him out immediately, right? Yeah. He wouldn't stay on the uh, unemployment line long. No. But when you when you got $70 million guaranteed, if you do go to the unemployment line, is it really that big a deal? It's not unemployment at that point in time. It's it's uh, it's just options. What happens if you apply for unemployment and you make that type of money? What what do the checks look like? Is it capped? You're like, well, I'm, I've been used to getting two hundred thousand dollars biweekly. Uh, does that, that that number still come unemployment? <laughs> I pay my taxes like everybody else. <laughs> yeah, it's, this is my. I put in unemployment. <laughs> Fucking pay me. <laughs> Waiting in line. What are, what are you here for? Uh, unemployment. Yeah, same. <laughs> What's your number? Oh, it's like $700 a month. What's yours? I mean, yeah, it's about $345,000. I mean, I, how's a man supposed to charge his Tesla? Do you know how much premium unlet it is in the Range Rover? <laughs> yeah. You understand my De La Salle bill? You know De La Salle is like forty grand a year. I didn't know that, but that doesn't shock me. They do give a lot of scholarships, though. This guy that changed my battery 
my car died like a couple months ago and the guy came over his kid goes there his kid's on scholarship hmm. he's like that's the only reason he can go there they give a lot they got a lot of scholarships no wonder they're you know got the market cornered over there <laughs> yeah yep. they get the rich kids and they get the good poor kids so it's just it's not really fair uh, all right, some headlines. Um, what do you want to start with? Oh, you know what we should start with? I know what we should start with. Mark Davis, no nostalgia, leaving the uh, Coliseum the other day. What was your thoughts? Uh, I thought, well, first of all, I, I, it was crazy to me that he would reference 1982 as if 1982 is yesterday. I went through, like, anybody listening who went through something in 1982, if you went through it again ago. today... I don't even like my dad was in the Air Force until we moved to Davis in like summer of 99. We moved one, two, three, four, five, six. Davis was the seventh move for me before freshman year. But I would say I remember six of those moves. Um, But no one ever said to me like, miss you, man. And I was like, "Ah, I went through this three years ago. It's like, no, it's still you're still moving. I didn't mind it. It was good life but you're still moving like there is there's no but i think it shows he for so long has been like this has been over for him for a long time right and i just think nfl owners by and large are a group of people that push people around that's not really been his bit like he has not outbid taken over companies outbid people for for uh land like that's just i think there's some animosity because he's treated like he doesn't belong in that club and i that to me, I felt like a lot of that came from like you guys are so mean to me. Why the hell should I tell you I miss you? Although yeah. he did say some nice things about Raider Nation, um, but the answer was really weird. The eighty-two, the eight, if he had just been defiant, that would have been one thing. But to be like, I went through this in eighty-two was just a weird, a weird answer to me. If he would have just dropped, like, I don't buy it. Yeah, to me, I don't buy it either. He, and he can't. He's not good at faking it, which I appreciate. Like I, I'll give him credit on that one. He's not even attempting to fake it. The easy answer would have been like, clearly, I love these people. These are our people. I hate the politicians. Everyone would have been like, I get it, right? I can't stand. Like, what Mark, think of what Mark Davis, as someone that's been critical of it all, where I come from, the people that I was surrounded growing up, still to this day, what you hear from credible, successful people that are in my life, the, the Oakland crew of that. The fucking, the city, they, they call it some board group, whatever, it's got a specific name. It's a laughing stock of politicians. And, and I don't know if you saw, they had a law today that wiping out independent contractors, not just for Uber, but people like that write. Like it's just, we set the bar for just crazy politicians oh, yeah. here. No more independent contractors, guy. You know, know why? Because the health companies that control all the politicians want a fucking rev stream for every single human. Every single one of them. They want a guaranteed rev stream. So what happens when you knock out independent contractors? It forces companies, if you are going to employ that guy, you got to give him help. That's what it's all about. It's so fucked up. It's like it's like wiping out people's side hustle and jobs. I don't even know. I write an article a week for, I guess I take a couple months off maybe in the summer, but it might affect me. I don't know. No, Luckily, same thing for me. I, I'm not... I'm an independent contractor when it comes to games. I do more than 35 games. Yeah, yeah. but I, 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 was it writing only or was it no, other shit? I think it's independent contractors. You just read about it because you follow a bunch of people that are sports writers. So it's just independent contractors in general, 35 events. It right. doesn't quite... I honestly haven't dived too much into it other than knowing it's not good. 
not good at all. Now, so, I've, now there has been some suggestion that it, it could be modified to be more specific to the app, to the to the Uber rideshare people. But well, because as someone was tweeting at me, they didn't necessarily mean for this to affect all the other stuff. It was specific with Uber, right? But classic. But you would think California, you might want to nail that down before you make it a law. Uh, again, is the law coming into place here in 2020? Right? Yeah, in two weeks. Yeah, I mean, fuck. What? What? What the fuck? It's just, again, trying to hold us down. We'll, we'll make it work. We've got to grow the podcast, maybe. you know, Put your kids through college. We'll, we'll do it. Uh, yeah, it's but, I, but, but I would say this to people listening. Like, I have not dived too deep into it, so don't, don't take that as, as the final rule. Yeah, but it's not a good thing. I, I know that. But back to Mark Davis is, Mark, we understand the politicians are jokes. You just don't get that much credit because, like, I was thinking about this yesterday. He, they've been here for 25 years. We've had the last 10 years have been just the most fruitful economic times for anyone with established businesses. If you were ready when the economy took back up, I don't, I don't know if you've noticed, he owns an NFL team. The, the business does pretty well. In this area, you should have shot like a rocket ship and made a lot of money. They couldn't make any money. So listen, Mark, I, I get these guys are idiots. I agree with you there. But why, when you guys can't make any money and you're an NFL team, what have you guys, and, and you lose all the time, what have you done to earn any respect? That's my thing. Like, I, if Jerry Jones or a Kraft or if a Joe, like when Joe Lacob talks shit about him, it's like, well, he's been around the block and he knows how to run some shit. So I'm, I'm going to lean on his side. No one gives Mark the benefit of the doubt because of his resume so shitty. It, his resume actually literally doesn't exist. Did not have a job till his dad died. Again, a nice guy. was always cool to me and you. But I, I don't feel that much sympathy when he talks a bunch of shit because ultimately I get it. He was treated poorly, but it's like, what were they supposed to treat you like a king? Well, give you every, just give you everything. Because I, I think Mark Purdy or someone I saw on Twitter, Lil Cone tweeted something like talking shit about Mark. And Mark Purdy kind of doubled down as like, you know, he's not even any different than any owner. If they didn't get what they wanted, they would leave cities too. And it's like, yeah, I call bullshit on that one. Like in the modern day, maybe back when economic times were a little bit different, in the internet age, I think we could list 20 teams that would not ever think about it. Like Chicago Bears, the Green Bay Packers, the Philadelphia Eagles, the New York Giants, the New England Patriots, the fucking San Francisco 49ers. Like, no. These well, Seattle your Seahawks, major market teams, by and large, don't. New Orleans Saints, but again, like even if they could get a little bit more their brand equity, if you've ran it right, like maybe the Detroit Lions might move, but like the 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 Minnesota Vikings, like these teams, I, I think there's too think much money teams, on the line. Let's just think about teams that generally move. I mean, we're talking about a team leaves. How many teams have moved Cleveland, in our lifetime? A team leaves St. Louis. A team leaves, you know, uh, Houston. Once upon a time, but that was a long time ago. Tennessee left Houston. And what did the league do? They wanted to get back in Houston as it was blowing up. Yeah. So you could also argue the NFL is unique. You could you can be big anywhere. But I think the people True, but there's more there's way more yeah, uh, earning power for you to be in Chicago sure. than in some Jacksonville, right? No, what would you have to pay the McCaskey? Let's say McCaskey's all die tomorrow and they sold it to some new person to own the Chicago Bears. Would you put the percentage chance that he would ever move the Chicago Bears out of Chicago at zero? Yeah. Of course not, right? I mean, it's like 
all these teams. Like, but that's what Carl- make the Raiders have already. That, that's where the eighty-two comes into play. Is they've moved twice in his lifetime. Well, you guys always three times because they move there, then they move back, and now they're moving right, again. Now it's the third move. That's what, yeah. So but I'm like saying you he's guys been through this twice already. You've been like, oh, I went through this in eighty-two, the first time. Yeah, just the other I, one I hated more because I hated leaving LA to come back here. Part of the reason your brand you can't make any money, you guys are always leaving. And I, I did see, like, I think Jerry McDonald was tweeting, like, Al didn't give a shit about the fans. He cared about the team and winning, and everything else took care of itself. The problem was they haven't taken care of the team. The team's been hideous. Think about what's their yeah. legacy these last 25 years? Like, well, losing I don't think and it's, it's bad. Yeah, I, I think, um, I hate, I hate to use this word because we throw this word around a lot, but I'm not calling. I'm not saying their legacy is that they're a joke because I think that's a little harsh. But I do think their legacy is that they're the butt of a lot of jokes, an I easy would, target, which they've earned. Right? It's not like a f- a fake one, right? It's pro- or not an unfair one. Yeah, uh, it's unfair to. It sucks for the fans that that's what they've been attached to. Obviously, the fans want to win, but that's the shitty part about being a sports fan. You really have little control. I mean, you have zero control over anything that happens on the field, coaching-wise. Like, you can control, like, attendance. Like, if you show up, you don't show up. You know, pay for someone to put a banner, fire Jed York, or fuck Mark Davis, or Dean Spano sucks. But that doesn't impact anything. And the thing with the football, more than the other two sports, you can run the team like the Raiders and be as shitty as they've been, and be the legitimate butt of every joke, and they're getting, even if they don't make a penny, and they're not making any money, they get the, they get the money from the league. And that money alone, which has gotten so astronomical these last couple of years, they are making money, right? So to Mark Davis's mind, like, he is making money. If I made, uh, if, if, if we made $1,000 total on the podcast all, season, all year long, we're still making $1,000. Right now, do we have the earning potential to make a million? Sure, if we worked really hard and grew it and whatever, but we're still making a thousand. So, in like in the in the small minded, like Jerry can't even fathom like not always trying to make more or Robert Kraft or Lurie the most and just or at least trying every single channel. But you could easily be Mike Brown or Mark Davis. You can say Mark Davis realized he couldn't go at the rate he was going. But like Mike Brown, you think Mike Brown's worried about a stadium? Like that would be a team if I told you in our lifetime, Cincinnati loses the team. They move somewhere. That's not inconceivable, right? If Brown dies and they had to right, sell the right. team or something, yeah. like you could be like, they move that team to London or Mexico City or I don't even know, City X. You could believe that. Mm-hmm. I don't know what other what other. I'm city trying to think would. of city. Portland? Uh, yeah, Rose. I mean... It, I think they're in most major cities, right? St. Louis. I don't know how big St. Louis is. Yeah. But Fresno? Uh, yeah. Uh, rattle through a few more. I do think you mentioned coaching. I think it, it, one interesting uh, college assistant job out there is the ASU defensive coordinator, Danny Gonzalez, left to become a head coach in New Mexico. Uh, they've what got happened Antonio- Hugh, What happened to Hugh Jackson going there? Yeah, that, that, I don't know. That was a rumor. Um but they got Antonio Pierce on their staff. I would think that seems to me to make a lot of sense. He's the linebacker coach to become the defensive coordinator. They got Marvin Lewis on their staff. I don't – I mean, obviously, if, if Marvin Lewis was their defensive coordinator, that would be one of the all-time great defensive coordinator hires in college football history. Wasn't he the defensive coordinator of the 2001 Ravens? Yes. <laughs> yeah. 
Couldn't you argue that he's more qualified to be the head coach than Herm? Just football-wise? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> well, I mean, he's wildly. I think Herm might tell you that. Yeah, I mean, but I, I think he's really valuable if he stays on the staff just as the guy that oversees. I, I if I were them, I think Antonio Pierce would make a lot of sense there for them. But yeah, I anyway, agree. just be an interesting one. You, I tweeted something yesterday. Always weird when you tweet respond. I didn't get a text response, so I was like, oh, hey, that Graham Harrell. I was that wasn't a shot or anything. It was just no, no, no. It took me a second, but I know what you're saying. That Graham Harrell was paid 1.2 million dollars to yeah. stay at SC. And the one thing I I just tweeted like it's and you made a good point like it's happened before but I think that's kind of like when you think the SEC or even Clemson might like they do it religiously like what does it cost to keep a guy boom he's paid Joe Brady's technically not even the OC he like split it they've already given him like one point five million dollars like they gave Graham Harrell a three year deal at one point two a year. That was I mean understandable they had to keep the guy but he was also you know being interviewed by other people. Could he be a guy if this goes south, but their offense is still good, be in line to get the head coaching job, or maybe if Urban comes, they keep him? That was just kind of an eye-opening move. Yeah, yeah. You said that Jimmy Lake was making a lot of cash? So your point is still a good one. Like, uh, he's the 12th highest paid assistant. Yeah, I don't like you ruining my good point, I guess. I wasn't ruining your good point. You shot fucking holes in it. I wasn't shooting any holes. What was I knew tweet? the Levin. It was one of those that I knew the one guy, and I was just going to avoid it. Just yeah, I knew it happened. Before. <laughs> but what was your tweet? What was it? Just it's it's just big boy money. It doesn't usually happen that way. Yeah, and my I wasn't saying that it's not true. I think you could have followed up and realized Jim Levitt was making one seven because they had to keep him from Georgia. He's it's like saying the anymore. Giants don't sign anybody for any money, and then listing all their own players they've signed. It's like yeah, but that's not the point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know what I said was they were trending. They're not there yet. So he's the highest paid assistant in the Pac-12. He's still it's twelfth in the country. But Levitt was making one seven, uh, and Jimmy Lake was making one one. Yeah, they had so Lake Lake was making huge cash because he was turning. They only got it last year because he turned down Alabama to stay. Alabama offered him to be the defensive coordinator. That's what I've been told was that Alabama was the team, and that I think it was Jim Levitt. That told, or was it? Would really anything have changed? One of them told me that Georgia. Let's say if you look back, he had gone to Alabama. Don't you still could have come back? Yeah, Yeah. he would have been the head coach. Could have come back. It wouldn't have made it as easy, but he definitely could have. Yes, been a quick. And you would say it's probably the best move he's ever made because that would have been a long year with Nick. Would you prefer that next time I text that to you? I. No, I no, no. I, mean, you didn't I don't even, mind being exposed to the argument. There are holes in the argument. Again, it exposed my argument, guy. It exposed my argument a little bit. Shut holes. I didn't know about the Jimmy Lake one. I didn't think it exposed your argument. If I thought I was exposing your, well, maybe I still would have tweeted it. Yeah, it was, you know, it was, it was fair. The Jimmy Lake one threw a little. That was. You but what know, you, but what you could have said out. to me is, well, guy, one point two is higher than one point one, so he would have been paid higher than Jimmy Lake. But still, like, I mean, that was Jimmy Lake the first. The Levitt thing was somewhat unique, and I, I even to me, Oregon's kind of an outlier. Yeah, they are. Because the money means nothing to them if they need to sign, and wasn't. Where was he going to go again? Georgia. They just stole him from Colorado. Yeah, but they had they still that Georgia was going to steal him if they didn't. You're saying Kirby was going to bring him? Yeah. Okay, so he was getting double. That's the thing with college coaches. If you can ever get like the SEC just on you, it's just immediately a million. You're like, well, fucking Pruitt's calling me. It's like, do you really want to go to Tennessee? Well, not yeah, I'm going to go. It's a million dollars. And you're like, even though you never wanted to go, like, did Jimmy Lake? 
really want to go leave Chris fucking Peterson, who's nice, knows all of his kids' name, to go to Nick, who's screaming at the dude at the Mercedes dealership? Let leaves, alone him alone, leaves him alone on defense. Meanwhile, Nick is all over the defense. Oh, my God. Can you imagine screwing up one of Nick's coverages? Well, you know, for all we know, Alabama might have offered him a few hundred thousand dollars more. Right? It might have, Alabama might have offered one five. He's like, guys, just give me one one and I'll stay. That is, that's very true, too. I Honestly, I, I don't think underrated part about Alabama, I don't think Nick pays the premium year one always. Because what are you going to you he changes your career when you go there because the argument could have been made when jimmy like that maybe he kind of knew let's say he knew nothing i would have thought last year like yeah chris pearson's gonna be there another little while like the move might have been to go to alabama and then jimmy lake would have been a head coach this year i would have done what jimmy lake did but most coaches don't do that right it's hard to turn down nick because that does change your career Smart yeah. move by Jimmy Lake. I mean, I, I also I think Jim, it was at the. Point I didn't know I, enough about Jimmy Lake. That was that was why I was pissed. I, was like, I also think <laughs> Jimmy Lake was a sleeper on me. I just didn't. I wasn't as locked in on the UW. I think he was getting enough momentum. He wasn't going to have to leave Washington to become a head coach either. Yeah, he he had like uh, he was kind of the Lincoln Riley type out here. He was clearly he was, really high thigh. Yeah, he was a cycle or two away from becoming a head coach. Why uh, would Colorado? I know they uh, wouldn't they have been better off hiring Jimmy Lake than Mel Tucker. Did he interview for that job? I don't know that he maybe did. he doesn't view it as a great job. Uh, well, I don't know. I mean, I think Mel like Mel. I think I think Mel's going to do a good job. Mel's impressive, so I can see you sitting down with Mel going, okay. Like Mel's going, hey, I was I've got NFL experience. I think Jimmy does too. I ran a team for a few weeks. Don't forget, uh, defensive coordinator at Georgia. Like is I'm gonna, the, I can. I already want, is that the Tom Sula want to know? <laughs> I already recruit. I think it was a couple more games. I already recruit Texas. Like my plan. Here's my plan. Like kind of the crystal ball. Like here's my plan. Like yeah. here's my SEC plan. I was at Alabama, so I stole everything from there. I got the blueprints. Yeah, <laughs> that's what Nick dropped that like seven times. The old Miss. Like I know the blueprint. Yeah. Yeah. You just took it from there. If I oh, was you mean Nick, Lane? I, I, I would I would do like a little expressvpn.com slash ham. You ain't taking shit. Everything like you guys digital think you just and post- you can't copy and paste anything. Yeah, you think you can take my PDFs and that just makes you me? I know. You just print out all this stuff and take it with you in an interview? That's not fair. I see why Nick and Bill didn't seem as edgy. He's like, yeah, even if my guys leave, I'm going to kick their ass. Nick was like pissed off. He's like, stealing all my shit. <laughs> Bill had three guys in a meeting before the Super Bowl. Nick had 47. Uh... How about the last one? How about the Jags having 25% of the grievances filed in the NFL in 2018? It's pretty outrageous. I thought the most outrageous part, not that he got $700,000 back, Dante Fowler, is that the the NFLPA wrote in their statement, basically, we recommend players not going there anymore. Maybe they should think twice before they sign with the Jags. Like that's, it was just, Jesus like I, you I as, that here's the line alone is you like as players might want to consider this because it says more than 20 more in the last two years more than 25 percent of the grievances filed by players in the entire league have been filed against the Jags U.S. players may want to consider this when you have a chance to select your next club we say that's a pretty bold statement yeah like if is I'm that shot, at Tom Coughlin or is that Tom at Shad Khan I think who's that Tom, at I think it's Tom Coughlin well, if that's then then shot like is Tom Coughlin is, is the whole thing getting blown up in Jacksonville this year? Like yes, including Tom though. I'm saying 
I think that I, I think that ended Tom there officially because I think I saw a lot of former players like this is a huge win. This shit never happens. I, I think it's pretty rare that a grievance it do, you get it does feel that way. It'd be one thing, right, if he had got twenty thousand dollars back, he'd be like, Yeah, the guy's made. He was a top five pick and the Rams signed him. But when I saw that he got seven hundred thousand dollars back, I don't care how much you made, that's a lot of money, guy. Can you imagine how so fired up you'd be if you were Dante Fowler? Wait, you're just saying it's you know sometimes when I had this happen, I had this long coat that I put on the other day. I just mm-hmm. I, I was going to get some dinner and it was freezing cold. And it was one I'd wear in Philly. I'd never wear it in the bear because it's never cold enough. And I put it on. I reach into the pocket. There's twenty dollars in there. I mean, I hadn't put on the coat in three years. It was just like this is awesome. You know, this is this is a not, and, it, and it had a couple ones too. So it was like twenty three dollars. Mm. Paid for dinner that night. Uh. It, it came close. The Ruth Chris happy hour, you fucking eat like a king for like $25. That's the one I told you. That Eddie House has that, that schedule dialed in, remember? I actually got there late, and she still gave it to me, but it's yeah. it's it's a good deal. Especially I've done it in Salt Lake City before. It's right by a hotel there. Yeah, you feel like I'm like, I'm just going like a, a quick meal. And then you get in there, you're like, well, they're treating it like a kind of quick meal, and it's cheap. Yeah. But, you uh, sit at the bar? But again, the $20, you know the feeling like when you find out you get a rebate on something or something. You get a kickback of just like a number, like a thousand. And you're just like, oh my God, I can't even fathom what the 700,000 feels like for that guy. That's got to just be. Go like, straight to the Roth IRA. That hit the fucking lottery. <laughs> I would treat that like I, I would treat that a lot like I would like gambling winnings. Like we're doing something fun with this cash. Uh-huh. I'm going to put 500 away and spend the other 250 immediately. The other one quick is that the Lions, I guess it, Schefter wrote today or someone tweeted that those guys are coming back. Patricia and the GM, which to me is okay. Like, the Lions are just, could you be any more irrelevant of a franchise? It's kind of crazy. I, I feel for the Lions. We don't even make fun of them anymore. We used to. I, I know. They're like, they're basically like the Raiders. No. But they're all. But their owner never taught. But they don't have any history, and they're they're not as easy to make fun of because like you don't even know what's going on. You just suck. I feel like they've I've seen more big games with them in the last. Well, yeah, years. they've made the playoffs three of the last like seven years. And Matt Stafford put them on incredible. that level. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> You're saying the Raiders are worse than the Lions. You're probably right. Yeah, they've won they won way more in the last decade. You're right. It's not All fair right. to the Lions. Okay, on see you. Save big on brunch for mom. All in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.